Welcome, everybody. This is Rick Manning, President of Americans for Limited Government, uh, here with a very special guest, Rep former Representative Devin Nunes, um, who represented California, um, was the House Intelligence Committee chairman um, through extraordinarily difficult times, uh, getting to the bottom of a lot of things happening in the intelligence com community. He was so effective. He was he was so honest and, and diligent in, in fighting to get to the truth of what was what was happening, not just short term, but throughout throughout the last decade, that Americans for Limited Government had recognized him twice as a legislator of the year. Um, you know, we I, I've rarely seen members of Congress demonstrate the courage and have the personal ramifications and repercussions that Representative Nunes was subjected to, uh, falsely accused, attacked in the press. It was really brutal. And it, it, it uh, and he didn't back down. He, he continued to fight to find the truth. He never backed down. And he is a, he is a man who you ask people all the time, people ask me all the time in DC, you know, uh, are, there, are there any honest people in DC? Well, I, I answer with yes. And Devin Nunes is one of the names I bring up as being an honest person who fights, fought for the truth for the American people, regardless of consequence. And, uh, and a lot of that, we're not going to talk about a lot of that stuff because a lot it's, you know, still classified and you can't talk about it. But I just want people to know that Devin Nunes is one of the, he's one of the truly unsung heroes of this country. And, uh, and I thank you, I thank you for your service. And now you're doing something that's, that's equally exciting. You are the CEO of, Trump, of uh, Truth Social. And Truth Social is a media platform that's been in existence for about a year, if I'm not mistaken. You've been CEO for 11 months. Tell me, how's it going at Truth Social? Um, what's uh, what's going on? Well, Rick, thanks a lot for having me. And I just want to say that, you know, through all those dark days, it was nice of you to recognize me uh, and my team, really, because it was really a team. You can do nothing without a team around you. And that team that we had, the Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, along with the staff on the House Intelligence Committee. And I also should say people like Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Chuck Grassley, they all played really important roles in unraveling the Russia hoax. But I have to say, getting those awards uh, from you guys was, was, was really special because, as you know, I was getting constantly attacked by the fake news, by the left. I mean, it's kind of all the same, and including our own intelligence agencies uh, from, from within who were leaking fake information to the fake news, no surprise. So getting those awards at that time, I'm, they're one of the things that I cherish. And of course, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, I always really appreciated AF Bronco, who's a cartoonist who you guys have worked with for many years. And one of my, probably my, my, one of my favorite mementos, if not the favorite, uh, is the cartoon that, that uh, AF Bronco did on your behalf when you presented me the award. I, I love that, uh, I have it up at my house. And it's one of those things that I kept after I, I left from Washington. Oh, so, thank, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's a, Tony, by the way, Tony loves you. So it's a it's a mutual admiration of society. It was the easiest cartoon I ever had him draw. Um, well, we, we got to see Tony. We were in Nashville, you know, just kind of bringing it back to true social. And as you know, we partner closely with Rumble. We really rely on a lot of their infrastructure in order to, to make a true social run every day. And we were able to launch, it was just kind of a test case um, because John Rich, country music star John Rich, part of Big and Rich, um, he likes doing things that are patriotic or, or writing songs and singing songs that are patriotic right. that he will do on his own. 
and he's not able to get a he's not able to get a a record label to to pick him up really and it's a little bit shocking and he came to me uh, in i guess gosh middle of summer said hey i've got this song i'd like to i'd like to play it uh, i'd like maybe to to launch it on true social and rumble what do you think and i said well you know what do you need us for shouldn't you just go to shouldn't you just go to you know recognize right. you a big country music star and he said no nobody will play it he sends me the song the video ahead of time and i watch this video and i'm because i'm thinking my god it must be like biden sucks or fjb or you know something something really bad that, that you know why a record label wouldn't want the song you listen to the song and there's nothing in the song that even mentions republicans or democrats He's just, it's really a patriotic song about his feelings. It's really well done. Well, long story short, that song went to number one on iTunes and stayed there for nearly two weeks. And we launched that through True Social and Rumble. So anyway, it's kind of a long story to get back to. I was able to meet Tony Bronco in Nashville because John Rich had a big party, invited people in from all over the country that have been instrumental and with True Social and with Rumble and with, with promoting John Rich's song Progress. Uh, that still is a great song. So anyway, I know you didn't bring me on here to talk about uh, Tony, but uh, but it is. No, that's okay. That's okay. I, we we talk about Tony a lot. And, and in fact, I, I know, I hope you got this. I, I sent you a copy of the calendar that we did with Tony, of Tony's tunes. And I hope that it got over I to I do. You. And I have, I also have a book. He gave me a book. Right. So because yeah. that calendar, uh, I'll do a shameless plug. We still can, it's tight, but if anybody wants to go on to ALGmerch.com, you can still order the calendar and get it before Christmas. Well, look, um, nobody, uh, you guys have been around a long time. Um, I always appreciated your work in Washington, you know, my nearly 20 years there. And, uh, and you know, that's kudos to you. So, so obviously anything that I can ever do to support you, and I'll, I'll be glad to put that out on True Social also. Well, Probably I, a, good, I, I, a good Christmas gift for, for people. Absolutely. Thank you very much. The... Let's get let's get down to business. The pleasantries are nice and everything, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I want I really want you to tell me um, you've been there at Truth Social for eleven months. Are you tell us about the platform and why? And most importantly, why it matters in today's America? Why Truth Social? How does it stand out? Well, let's go to the fifty thousand foot view. You know, I left Congress knowing back in two thousand and twenty. I, I wrote a little, a little book uh, called Countdown to Socialism. Little did I know it was going to actually come true. So this is, think about this. This was written in July of 2020. And I, and I was talking about how we were being censored, how conservatives were being censored. I was one of the first people to be censored by, by Twitter, by Facebook, by Instagram, by YouTube. All of them had censored me by the middle of 2020. Why were they doing that? Because we were speaking the truth. And we were putting out information on the Russia hoax that, in fact, it was a hoax and it was a scam. It's the biggest scandal in American history that, by the way, we're still living today. Like I always remind people, like, don't think that the raid on Mar-a-Lago, this recent special uh, appointment of a new special counsel against President Trump, these things are all related and they date back to 2016. We don't learn about it until 2017. We dissect it. We realize it's much worse than we ever thought. Now the Durham investigation continues. So this scandal continues. So back in 2020, I write a little book about this. And and this was before the Hunter Biden laptop 
uh, from hell was hidden by social media and by the fake news. It was before uh, President Trump and millions of Americans were booted off of all the platforms. Parler was completely nuked and destroyed as a company. Um, so I spent 2021 going throughout the country warning of this. Matter of fact, I was streaming on, on Rumble on, on Rumble Live. I would do my streaming just like right. just like you are today. And I would talk about the the challenges that lie ahead. You know, forget, forget all the forget the fake news, forget all the, you know, any legislation in Congress. None of it matters if you can't reach the people. If you have no way to communicate to people, you essentially have nothing. You're essentially just sitting there in a closet talking to yourself. And that's what we realized through the Russia hoax. And, and what really brought it home to me was after the 2020 election, you still had, according to polls, over half of Americans believe that Trump and Republicans had something to do with Russia. Now, this is preposterous after four years of nonsense that you still would have half Americans. That's well, how is this happening? And then I looked at, well, shit, it's happening in my own, my own home state of California, where they've They've taken the largest agricultural, the breadbasket of the world, the San Joaquin Valley, where, where I'm from, and they've cut off the water. And then they go around saying, oh, it's global warming. There's just not the rain that there used to be, uh, you know, but it has nothing to do with what they don't tell you is, no, it's because the government led by the left has foolishly been dumping water out to the ocean instead of keeping it in those wet years like the system was designed to do. So I kind of compared my life experience with that along with the Russia hoax. And I said, what the hell is happening here? How do you have so many people just walking around like zombies that don't know what the hell's going on and they continue to vote the same people in? I mean, imagine anybody in California with half of a brain, okay? And they're given the information that, hey, the reason you can't water your lawn or wash your car, or the reason that you know millions of, of acres of farmland are, are going out of production um, or the reason that we're really having these forest fires is because you're, we're actually not you know, thinning, thinning the forests and doing what we used to do. Imagine if you actually knew the truth that, hey, the water system can provide water for 50 million people. Uh, we had plenty of electricity in California until they shut down the nuclear power plants. Uh, these fires, we didn't used to have fires like this because we had fire breaks. You had, you had a, a vibrant timber industry in California. Imagine if everybody knew those few facts that I just laid out there, and then you just juxtapose that with it's the Democrats who have been in power that are not only in, in Sacramento, but also in Washington, who are implementing these crazy, crazy policies. Now, I don't believe that people with half a brain would say, yeah, okay, go ahead. Let's just send more water out to the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's burn down more forest fires. Let's, let's shut down the nuclear plants. Let's just cut off all the, the energy to California. Nobody in their right mind would do that. So what the hell's happening? Well, what's happening is that, and I realized this in 2020 and 21, is that everybody's getting their information now through these phones. And every day it increases, Rick. Every day... Fewer, fewer and fewer people are watching the you know, traditional cable networks, um, traditional news. They're not picking up a paper on their, uh, on their doorstep, and they're getting their information through this. So this is the communications device where, where most people are getting their information. And if you start with 95% of that information being drummed up by 
oligarch tech billionaires that own all of these companies, whether it's the, the you know Amazon owning the Washington Post, whether it's Steve Jobs' wife owning multiple media interests, and the traditional bias of just the corporate media being, being hard left, 95% of the content that is produced out there in the world, and especially in the United States of America, is extremely left-wing. And it's, pro- it's, it's no less than propaganda. So that only leads, leaves 5%. Now, the 5% that would be center to, to center-right media. Now, look, I actually could, could handle that because it's the 5% that uncovered the Russia hoax. It's the 5% that uncovered the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. It's, it's p- real reporters doing real work that are able to get to the bottom of, of, of this. But, but why isn't that information getting out? And it's because these devices act as a filter because people are getting their information primarily through Facebook or, you know, call it meta. They, they changed their name. So right. Instagram, TikTok. I mean, those are the major, those are the major purveyors. TikTok, of, TikTok of, being, being Chinese controlled. Chi- Chinese um, controlled. And, and communist Chinese yeah, yeah. controlled. And, and we have, uh, and right now, and, and I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to comment specifically on Elon Musk and what's happening with Twitter, because you're competitors, and I, I, that's not fair. But I, I think listeners have to, and viewers need to remember that right now, the federal government is, to, is going and has said, we're watching what you're doing and, and threatening him. They're sitting there, yeah. they're, and Apple is already saying, hey, we may, uh, we may just eliminate your app off of our cell phone, meaning cutting him off from half of his customers in America, and, yeah, and let, and let me and let me dissect that, Rick. So, so I mean, I can't actually. I, mean, I, I have no issue right. commenting on this, but, but you know, look, you've got Facebook, and where are the eyeballs at in America? It's it's it, they're on TikTok and they're on Instagram, and Facebook. Those are the big three. I think what Elon Musk has learned and what we have known from the very beginning is that Twitter is an echo chamber of celebrities, corporate corporations. Um, you've got blue check press people and Hollywood stars that, you know, that sort of thing. That's what Twitter is. It's a place that people just kind of go quickly to get information and get out. It's not a place that average normal Americans are on every day. And president Trump and I were both very supportive of Elon Musk owning it. Now look, an an oligarch himself, right. The richest man in the world. I mean, it's not a super safe place for, for that to, to be, to, to be, but it's a hell of a lot better than where it was with a bunch of woke weirdos who were censoring everything left and right. But now what Elon has bought off is he is he paid a lot of money for something that not very many Americans or people around the world use. And I, and I only say that just, you know, knowing my own campaigns that I ran, I mean, we always knew what percentage of the people in my district were using using these these right. platforms. And you know, Twitter was was barely a blip. And so, you know, look, it has a great brand um and it's and it is it is kind of the global, you know, Kind of the global, I call it kind of a global PR wire for uh, for for the world on right. the internet. I mean, that's what Twitter right. is. It's a PR wire. Now, True Social is different. True Social is really about social networking, really about building a community. And you know, you have to remember, you know, we're barely we we're barely been open. Like the fake news keeps talking about how we how we've been open, but you got to remember, you know, we didn't fully launch on Apple until the middle of April. 
We didn't open up on the internet through through a, through a desktop until until May, and then we didn't get on the Google Play Store until uh, just in October, right before the election. So we have we have only been fully open. So that going back, I'm just going to hold up my phone again. You know, now if you're on a phone in the United States or in the UK, you can now on any phone you can go to Apple. Uh, Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, and you can download the app. That just happened in October. So we've we've barely been open. And, you know, what I like to say is that- you know, Okay, past- so just to be clear, anybody who's watching out there, if you don't have the app um, and you've got a Google phone, so you go to Google Play Store or you're on, you've got Apple and you can go to Apple, whatever their app store is, you can go on there and you can get the Truth Social app. And I'm making something, app's free of charge, right? That's correct. So yep. it's a free of charge. You just download it and you can be hooking into what's happening to Truth Social with a bu- one button on your phone and be able to get the latest and greatest social media and become part yes. of that community. And yeah, and it's you- a very easy and it's a very easy app to use. I mean, that's one of the keys is we're just making it, we're keeping it super simple. We're slowly developing out new features. So right now we're testing we're testing direct messaging. So right now we're just simply a, a feed. And then we we have we have one feed that's no no algorithm, just strictly about what time you you post. So nobody's right. messing with whatever is in your feed. So whoever you follow, that'll be listed by the time that that they post the the post. And then we have a carousel at the top of people that you interact with the most that you can just go through. Like if you want to check Donald Trump or you want to check, uh, you know, Americans right. for Limited Government, you, right. there's a carousel on top that you can check and just look at their yes. feed. For those of you get on Truth Social, it's Limit Gov. So we're Limit Gov um, on yeah. Truth Social, and and one of the, I think that's an important point because on on some other competitors, um, you know, you post something, and maybe two percent of the people who follow you, we have about three three hundred thousand people follow us on Facebook, as an example. Um, we post something, and only about two percent of the people actually see it, and as and as a result. You know, what happens to the other 294,000 people who said they wanted to see it? And on Truth Social, if you follow a group like Americans for Limited Government or Devin Nunes or Donald Trump or anybody, you're going to see what they put on what they put on their feed because you've said, I want to see it. And that's a that's distinctive and that's important. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it really is. And so a lot of people, you know, you, you have to remember because we're because the other platforms are all using an algorithm. So they're basically deciding what you see. So if they decide they don't like Americans for limited government, which I don't think they do, you know, they'll make sure that you're not seen. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that they were doing to me mm-hmm. before. And it's the same thing that, that, that many people experience. Now with that chronological feed, you have to remember if, if, if I post at 7am, but you don't get on your, you don't get on and check true social until the evening your whole feed's going to get filled up. You're likely not going to get down to what Devin Nunes posted, but that's why we have the carousel at the top for the people that you interact with the most. So you can just click on there and then go see what did, what did Donald Trump say, say today? It's, 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 it's so you're interested in what Dan Bongino's quote comment is. You can just click on Bongino. Exactly. And now we're, and now we're developing, we're coming out with direct messages. So now if you follow somebody on, uh, on true social, they follow you. You can communicate back and forth privately if you just want to, you know, ask a question. So that that should uh, it's just another feature that we're building out, and then ultimately we will have groups. Uh, that's a feature that so you know kind of similar to what Facebook right. groups are and what Reddit does. Right. So we're trying to to take the best of all these platforms and 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 put it all into one, while at the same time 
in, in increasing our capabilities on the video side that we're working closely with Rumble on uh, because we know that people, you know, a lot of people are on Instagram and TikTok because they like the simplicity of the video. And so we're, right. we're, we're, we continue to move in that direction. Our video quality gets better every day. Let me ask you a, a question related to the FBI and, and Homeland Security um, engaging in uh, monitoring and, uh, and governing what they determine to be misinformation. And that is um, why, and this wasn't something we talked about in advance, but why is this in the FBI governing this? Isn't that a direct violation of First Amendment? How, uh, how dare they? I mean, that's not their job. Um, yeah. And it's, 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 as somebody who cares about the Constitution, I am so offended by the fact the FBI brags about, and, they, and Homeland Security brag about, oh, we're not going to let conversations about COVID happen. We're not going to let conversations about election integrity happen. We're, you have to go with whatever we say is, is our narrow view. And even when it's wrong and it's just a narrative, we're going to deny a discussion on free market platforms. And I, I, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. What, why is this happening? Well, it's a, that's a deep question. Um, so first of all, true social, I mean, that's one of our claims to fame is that we don't censor for political purposes. Right. I mean, the only thing we want, if you're on our platform, we want a clean, family friendly platform. That's the only that's the only requirement we have. So if you're looking for porn or you're looking for, you know, lots of, of things that you wouldn't see on kind of your normal rabbit ears, television right. uh, or cable, um, you're not we don't want that on our platform. We want it to be family friendly. So it's not something that you're embarrassed about your children seeing or your grandmother seeing or, your, you know, your, your friends. Um, but for political purposes, you know, it's it's you know, we're wide open now. Let's unpack the the FBI working with these with these tech giants. Um, we don't truly know to the extent of what they were what they're working with them on yet. I know we've there's been a little bit out that's been out in the press the last six months or so. And maybe we'll find out Republicans, I assume, will begin to subpoena and hold hearings and figure out. What was the relationship with the FBI and some of these tech companies, right? So, because because to your point, um, they should have to have a warrant in order to for for people to give up that information to the FBI, right? I mean, that's no, absolutely, that's, yeah. And, and, and so, so, and so I, I, don't I understand know. that there is communications. This is another problem that they have with Elon because he's at Twitter now and he has control of all the communications. And so there have been communications that were pretty, the FBI says they were not telling them what to do. They were making suggestions and, you know, not that the FBI or Department of Homeland Security have any coercive influence, um, but that's a, that's their claim. Yeah. And look, and don't forget, and I don't know if he's still there or not, but the number two attorney that was at, that, that either is currently at Twitter or was at Twitter uh, is one of the main players in the Russia hoax. Like the the Comey's lawyer, a guy named Baker, uh, he's I don't know if he's still working there. It's it's unknown at this point. Uh, but but look, you had a it's like a revolving door, right? You 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 involve yourself in total corruption at the FBI and DOJ, clearly working with the Clinton campaign and everybody else, and then you leave that position and whoa, you end up in a great position in one of the tech companies. I mean, right. it's happened. A bunch of you know former Obama uh, era officials are there at all of these tech companies. And then you continue to see that that revolving door happen. Right. So, 
So look, I, I guess the quick answer is, 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 is we don't know the extent of, of what the FBI has done. But in the large picture, what we do know is that the Department of Justice is hopelessly, hopelessly corrupt. You know, I would have thought back in 2018 when we released the memo that talked about all of this, it exposed all of, all of this corruption about how they were working with the Clinton campaign and you know, the dossier had been paid by the Clintons. They were using informants. All of this stuff came out in 2018. And we kept being told at the time, you know, oh, this is uh, we're, we're cleaning this up. We're cleaning this up. We're cleaning this up. No, it's worse than ever. It's worse than ever. And the corruption is it's rotting to the core. And you only have to you, you can you know, the best example of how it's rotting to the core is just look at the Mar-a-Lago raid. Right. You know, where where I mean, that was so crazy when that when that happened, because, you know, as somebody who worked with with classified information for so many years, you wouldn't go like classified information doesn't just randomly walk off by itself. Right. Every every classified document that the government has, the government knows about it and they know what it is. So so when we saw the affidavit and it was just wide open, yeah, just go into Donald Trump's house, go get it, whatever the hell you want, go through Melania's drawers, go through uh, Donald Trump's uh, Melania's son, Barron, you can go through his stuff, take whatever the hell you want from Mar-a-Lago. That was absolute madness. And any judge worth anything should know, they do know this, they have to know this. And this should have never, none of this should have been okay uh, because it wasn't. Because if, if you really thought that Donald Trump had all sorts of classified information, you know exactly what documents you're looking for. And you go to the court and you say, we're looking for these 50 documents. Here's what they're called. Here's the name of them. Because, you know, the names of them are not are not classified. Right. So they could go through. And, and even if they even if they were classified, you could present it as being classified. So and, and, I, and just to make a key point, I would contend that as president of the United States, Simply by taking the documents out of a classified environment, he was declassifying them under the law. The FBI doesn't classify stuff. The pre they do so under the authority of the President of the United States in this Constitution that we happen to live under. And if you are going, so under any reasonable circumstance, you have to admit that the President of the United States can declassify anything the President of the United States deems worthy of being declassified. Yeah, and well, there's they that. don't get there's, to they don't get to call the ball. The president does. He's the yeah. one who was elected. When he chose to take those documents, he declassified them. And there's documents from January 19th that shows he declassified them. Well, and look, he had declassified as it related to the Russia hoax and all that. So many, you know, so many times right. he had publicly said and sent letters to the fact that no, they were declassified. Yeah. And look, what what what. What my what my thought is on this, you know, I don't know the particulars of, of the case, but I just know what's been made public. The fact that they couldn't even name what documents they were looking for show how corrupt this is. And then now you go and you you appoint another special counsel to go to go and look at this. This is outrageous. And now we find out there's informants running around, whether it was January 6th or the the, the, the Governor Whitmer uh, case. I mean, is this really what we want our Department of Justice and FBI doing is is going around and essentially, well, let's go. We know that that so-and-so is a little bit of a crazy guy, a little bit out there. Let's surround him by six informants or 10 informants. Let's right. just put a bunch of people around him and let's have that go, guy go and do and say something really stupid. Um, and then we'll go ahead and prosecute him. 
Right. I mean, as, it's, proof, it's, as proof that the informants were needed, as proof that the whole infrastructure we've established were needed. Let me go. When we when I first gave you a legislative year award um, a few years back, um, I also gave you um, a FISA warrant rubber stamp, a FISA court rubber stamp, or series of you might you might remember that I gave you one for yeah, yeah I do the home yeah. committee. And, Actually, and, my my kids have those now. They like. Okay. Them. Well, it, it, I didn't realize how prescient that was. Um, but from what we know about, and, and this will really be the last substantive question, um, from what we know about what happened in Russiagate, what we know about the, the four extensions, uh, the four different sign-offs on uh, the FISA court warrant against the Donald Trump campaign, um, at least three of which were signed with full knowledge that the, that the underlying steel dossier was a fraudulent document. We're going to have FISA, the whole FISA system up for reauthorization this year. We're going to have a fight over it. Is there any way out from under this, this thing that gives a rubber stamp, gives a blank check to the FBI and the DOJ to go off and abuse people's personal freedoms with absolutely no ramifications whatsoever because they've got the protection of a court to justify anything they do? Yeah. So so let's uh, so let's unpack that a little bit. So. So FISA itself was created, the original FISA was created after the church commission back in the 70s when they looked into Watergate and then they found out that LBJ and Kennedy and all these guys were abusing the, and former presidents were abusing the intelligence agencies. Ironically, they didn't, they didn't find anything on Nixon, but they did on, on others. They found out they were spying on Dr. Martin Luther King at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so all these reforms were put together and they said, well, we got to make sure that we protect this country. We have to have a way to make sure that when there's you know, foreigners coming in, how do we have a process, a simple, quick process for, uh, for that to work? And that's how the FISA court was created. Now, fast forward after 9-11, and what you're referring to is there were additional FISA uh, amendments that were created, uh, sections to the FISA law. That, were, that are now reauthorized on typically, a, a, I think it's four, I think they're usually like four and five years. Sometimes we would authorize it for an extra year. Those were put in largely because technology changes and it was put in to make sure that, you know, Abu, bad guy, terrorist, uh, couldn't get a, 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 you know, a Gmail account and be secretly communicating without the government being able to go in and get that. So that's actually the piece that expires. So now, now the challenge that, that I think that, that, that you're faced with, like, like kind of what you just explained, the American people that know about this and, and understand just that, that how people's rights are being violated, they're like, we don't care. We want it all gone. So, so the problem is you only can take hostage that one piece, um, which is, I believe, really? 702. I mean, I got to go back. It's been a while since I thought right. about this. 702 provisions. That's the that's the only piece that really goes goes away. The rest of it stays there. So the question is, how do you and you know the FISA court is clearly guilty? I mean, the idea. I mean, you said they knew it on three. The FBI and all these these jokers, whether or not it's ever going to get proven, they knew from the very beginning that this was fraudulent, and they went purposely to the FISA court. Remember, they played roulette on the judges. They were, you right. know, you have all the, the information. They knew what judge would be where, and they wanted to get it to the right judge so that they could get it approved uh, on the first one. So they knew. Peter Strzok's dinner buddy. They got Peter Strzok's dinner buddy to sign off. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was fair. 
and they were and they were looking for that. So we know from the very there's circum there's enough circumstantial evidence, and of course, with all of the avalanche of all the other evidence that we know, you'd have to be a fool to believe that this wasn't concocted from the very beginning and was truly remembered. What's the time frame? September October time frame before the 2016 election. It's clearly designed. They want to go grab all the communications, grab them, leak them in order to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't become president in 2016. That's what they were trying to do. I mean, what the hell do you think the insurance plan was? Just to go back, I don't want to relitigate all of this, but but so so just coming back to it. So the Congress would have to reauthorize uh, 702. It's only one small piece of FISA. So they got a hell of a mess on their hands because by just letting 702 expire doesn't fix the, the overall problem. It doesn't stop what these corrupt, people were able to do. It also doesn't fix this, this new scheme of just happening to run FBI informants all over anyone who is, who is involved with the Republican Party, right? Or who supports President Trump. Or, you know, they don't seem to be hiring informants for anybody that actually targets, say, they, they don't Biden, like, maybe? Yeah, they, well, they uh, don't even acknowledge the existence of Antifa. So, right. Or, or, yeah, Antifa, that's, that's, that's another one. Exactly. So the problems, and I don't put this lightly, this is a corrupt third country disaster. And I have said this before the election. I say it now. I mean, you can take, there's so many issues that the Congress has to focus on that are, that are absolutely important from, from the, 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 the rising national debt, uh, the energy crisis that Biden's created. Uh, we have a war going on in, in, in Europe that we're funding. I mean, there are so many things. We got we, China that's, that's uh, well, you know, and, continuing and to do with food doing. production. As, as a former, the food, the yeah. fact they're at war on pesticides and at war on weed killers. Which would which would diminish our food production by forty percent if they're successful. I mean, those are huge deals that nobody There's, talks about until it goes to the grocery store and people who think that go, that food shows up magically. It shows up at the grocery store, discovers that the food is eat, riddled with bugs and is a and in fact doesn't exist on the shelves. They you know, but they're creating these crises. Oh, well, and, and, and my point is, Rick, to, to that point, there's so many things that the Congress has to focus on. OK, but I will say this and they're, they're all big and they're all important and the Congress can do a lot of things, but nothing is more important than having a justice system that is not two tiered, where you have a justice system that is targeting Republicans and conservatives and they're targeting conservatives, not just political conservatives. They're targeting people who I, I call them conservatives, but basically people that just believe in in traditional things like maybe that there's. You know, maybe that they don't want uh, their daughter uh, playing with some guy on a, on a high school team that decides that he's a girl for, for a year and wants to go play against them. I mean, and that's now viewed as, you know, by the Department of Justice as, oh, that could be some kind of hate speech. And, you know, I think right. there is evidence out there of, you know, whether it's the critical race theory teaching of that, where they've actually went out and targeted parents, probably, I mean, who knows, they send FBI informants everywhere else, probably through there. So, so Jim Jordan, I mean, the Republicans only have control of the House. Jim Jordan has a has a big job ahead of him. I think it's going to be they, they really need something like a church commission that's going to dissect the entire DOJ, the entire intelligence apparatus. They got to bring people in from the outside. I think without that, without that subpoena power, without a full time commission, without, you know, having 100 uh, 
investigators, that, that type of thing that can do this work inside, you know, daily, you, you know, you're just going to let the Biden administration run rampant. I mean, who knows what the hell's coming next? I mean, they get away with a special prosecutor. What else are they going to going to get away? And a, spe- and a special prosecutor, when you look into what he's done in the past is got such dirty hands that you can't imagine that he would be anything but a, uh, an attack, a political attack dog. I appreciate that answer. Exactly. I know, I know that's a very difficult question. Um, the, the obvious, the obvious re- problem with it is the re I, one of the reasons I, I admire you is you weren't out of that community. You had to immerse you because of the job you were given in Congress. You came to Congress as a farmer, as a guy who ran, who had a degree, I think in agriculture, yeah. um, you are. And so you aren't an intelligence come out. You don't come out of the intelligence community. And the alarming thing about all of it is, um, U.S. attorneys who I know who were appointed by Republicans don't seem alarmed at all about the abuse of power by the U.S. attorneys because they do it, too. They use it as a tool also. And so it is a and so finding honest people who have enough knowledge about what's happening in the intelligence system, what's happening at DOJ to unravel it who aren't vested in what's already what's being done and what and how it's been abused. Yeah. And, and it's I going can, to be the I hard say, part in terms of finding investigators and finding and finding people to be on that commission. Yeah. Can I say just just Rick, just to kind of to put it, make sure we kind of focus on this here, like just in priorities. I think the biggest problem right now is, is the Department of Justice. You mentioned mm-hmm. the U.S. You know, U.S. attorneys. I mean, that is a major, major problem. And also how that Department of Justice is working with the other body we haven't talked about, which is the judicial branch, where you have, ju- you know, you talk about the FISA court, where these are judges that are approving this stuff. They've, the FISA court never took the actions that they should take. You had the judges that were involved in, whether it was the, the warrant on the, uh, on the Mar-a-Lago raid. You know, you've had this, uh, you know, some of, some of these, and then I, don't, I don't fully understand all the cases, but they've went up. Some of these issues have went up to uh, the different court of appeals. You still have judges who haven't weighed in. I mean, the judges could do a lot by weighing in, by saying, no, this is enough. We're not going to do this anymore. We're going to put you, DOJ, under a microscope. The judges don't do it. So so that's a problem. That's, and so that's a, and that's something that John Roberts could solve, right? I mean, look, it ought to start there. I mean, you, you ought to have the justices at the Supreme Court level saying, whoa, wait a second here. This is way out of bounds. Congress, I mean, any Republican in Congress who's not saying that this is this is you know, so th- this is third country. This is third world country bullshit. Okay, and I'm, I don't know you. I'm sorry for that's okay. Using I, that. It's a technical okay. farm I, term, Rick. Yes, I, I got it. I got it. But there, a, there, there's no other way to say it. What's happening at the DOJ, and it's been happening now, going on for six years, where you know Trump is the Trump gives them the license because they've demonized Trump so badly that they just think they can get away with anything. And these people are psychotic. The people in the Biden administration, the top people the DOJ and spread out all over the country, these people are psychotic. They're dangerous and they have to be reined in. Only the Supreme Court and probably some appellate courts could do it, along with now just the House of Representatives. There's nothing more important than figuring out what the hell is going on with the DOJ and saying enough is enough and that's got to, you know, that's got to be stopped. The only way can, they can do it is through investigations. 
obviously the FBI is essentially DOJ's arm that they're using. They're the strong arm that, that, that go out and do a lot of this. And then kind of, and, and kind of lastly, you've got kind of the broader intelligence agencies that, you know, sure have a lot of problems, uh, but by and large, those, those are still operating overseas. You know, I, I worked with those people for many, many years. I mean, really, if you, even before my time on intelligence, we were, you know, all the time that I, that I spent in Iraq and Afghanistan prior to even being on the intelligence uh, uh, committee, um, I think led to, you know, so many, you know, there's so many good people who have done so much good work over there that the good people need to be protected. Those agencies need to be protected in order to, so that they can continue to do their their work, people that are putting their lives on the line to go mm -hmm. to go track down terrorists, to go figure out what, what the Chinese and the Russians and all of our adversaries around the world are doing to make sure you don't have nuclear weapons proliferate. And this is what happens, right? DOJ gets corrupted, FBI gets corrupted, and then it just spreads out to the military and, and to the CIA and everywhere else. And so, but it all starts at the top. And I would say that that where this is really originating, just to, just to really put a focus on it, it's gotta be the Department of Justice. And anybody should see that, that knows it, that knows anything about government. So anybody that's now in Congress, if they don't see that DOJ is the problem, and I was glad to see yesterday, uh, Representative Stefanik, uh, who, you know, who I worked with, she was involved, she was on the Intelligence Committee, she's the number uh, three right now in the House. And, uh, you know, she put out a very, you know, has been very, very strong putting out very strong messaging on this, that this is, this is hopelessly corrupted, I think was, was, was the words that she used. I really appreciate the time you've spent with us and, and letting us know um, how somebody who's seen the belly of the beast has, has knows more than anybody out there because of your position um, as the head of the intelligence committee chairman and as ranking member um, and has uh, had more hearings that he can't talk about than anybody else I know. Um, and I really do appreciate you sharing what you can share with us on that and where the real problem lies. Um, it's once again, one of the reasons I really appreciated the, the time when I got to sit down with you with my staff and talk about this because you really helped us think through five, six years ago on how to approach it without telling us anything we weren't supposed to know. And it's a, uh, and what's more, the fact that you're fighting the battle for our ability to have free speech in this country through Truth Social. Um, this is for those of you who are watching, those of you who are going to watch a, a recap play of this. That's this kind of conversation is why the rumbles of the world matter, why the Truth Socials matter, because you have to have these kind of conversations that call balls and strikes fairly. And if, if you can't have these kind of conversations, then we can't have that America doesn't exist. You can't live under an illusion of freedom if you can't have a conversation about the government and what's corrupt and what's wrong. If the government wants to say, no, it's not corrupt and wrong, and they want to have an argument about that, that's fine. But they shouldn't be able to shutter this conversation. And right now, they not this one per se necessarily, but this is the kind of conversation that does get shuttered. And it's why we need platforms like Truth Social. So anybody out there who is not on Truth Social, it's available on your Google Play Store, on the Apple Play Store. Um, get the app and, uh, and get involved. That doesn't mean leave your other platforms um, that you're on. What it means is add this to your arsenal of information gathering. And uh, Representative Nunes, I truly do appreciate your time with us today. This has been a great conversation and, um, and your honesty about what's going on. 
and uh, from everybody here at Americans for Limited Government, and even Tony Bronco, um, we <laughs> wish you a we wish you continued success um, in your new endeavor, and um, you know just keep fighting and don't back down. We we love that about you. Well, Rick, I really I really appreciate that, and and thanks for the kind words. Just you know, you know, true social alongside of Rumble, we really are taking on the tech tyrants in this country. We're building a totally new internet superhighway that can't be canceled. You know, they've done everything they can to shut down True Social and to shut down Rumble, and they can't do it. I mean, the only thing we're both beholden to, which, which is, you know, Elon Musk is finding that out too, is, you know, we have to be, because of these phones, we've got to be in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. But outside of that, everything else we're building, we're not using any of the tech timers. We're building it all on our own. So it's slow and methodical. We're building it brick by brick. And I like to say that, you know, we're that indestructible beachhead that's standing there in the breach, protecting people's right to free speech. That's what we've created in just a short amount of time. And we're going to continue to stand there. And obviously, places like Americans for Limited Government, I know, are standing there with us. And we really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to this is yes or no question. Gary Townsend asked it. Is Trump leaving True Social for Twitter? (laughs) No. Okay, that's what that's what I thought. So I, I, I wanted to just put that to rest since that was a question that arose from what. Yeah, that's uh, it's you know it's funny, but you know it's a question that gets that gets asked a lot, and the and the and the answer is you know why? I mean you know one of the things that Elon Musk found out is which is what we kind of knew going back to our earlier conversation. There's just not a lot of everyday Americans that are using Twitter, so you know President Trump has you know four and a half million followers on True Social. Um, we don't know how many bots or spam accounts are actually on on Twitter. And so, you know, as long as, you know, President Trump, he continues to put out his messages uh, on both True Social and, he, you know, he sends out emails also. But, you know, he's using this. He's using the new Internet superhighway. He's also on Rumble with his own Rumble channel. And if you look about if you, if you and this is just one more kind of little just to show you how the landscape is changing when President Trump announced for president the other night, uh, you had on between Rumble and kind of the other platforms that were not the not the majors, not the corporate. You know, you had you had nearly three, four million people that were watching that concurrently, watching that live. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, that's bigger than 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 most of the 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 news and cable shows. If you take all of those platforms collectively, so slowly we're changing changing the way things operate. Obviously, the faster that people adopt and get onto this new internet superhighway that's indestructible, uh, the better off we, we all will be. Thank you very much for that. And uh, once again, I appreciate all you do and uh, keep up the great work. And we will uh, be in touch uh, again and talk about uh, new developments on, uh, on Truth Social as they become real. One, one thing that would help us, just because my policy guy would kill me if I didn't say this, I need a button. <laughs> I just need a button I could put on my on my website that I can say, "Here, share this, share this on to Truth Social." And if you need, if you we need, are, it, it is. I will we develop can actually, it for you. I will develop. We can for actually you. get that done. We okay, I will. I will develop. I'll send you the code if it'll help. It's, uh, yeah, we 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 can do that now. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for all you do. All right, and, thanks. Uh, thanks you a lot. Have a thanks great for, have a great rest of you day. in the audience. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye bye.